comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and do what? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Amen? Okay. So, we are looking at walking in love. Somebody say, walking in love. Say, walking in love. And we started by establishing the fact that love is supposed to be our nature. Somebody say, love is my nature. Love is my nature. Uh-huh. A Christian is supposed to be the finest person to want to be around. If you are a Christian, if you are truly a Christian, you are the finest person anybody should be around. When you marry a man who is a Christian, you enjoy the marriage. Praise God. When you marry a woman who is also a Christian, you enjoy the marriage. Anytime you are in a relationship with a Christian, things move. You become better. Praise God. You become better. And because our identity is love, in the book of John chapter 13, verse 35, he said, by this, all men will know. By this. Somebody say, by this. John 13, 35. By this, all men shall know you are my disciples because you have a love one for another. Praise God. So, what identifies you as a disciple of Christ is not the church you attend. Amen? Amen. It's not what you do in the church. It's your walk of love. When you are walking in love, the Bible says you are really representing God as a disciple. And I pray that grace will come upon you to walk in love. So, we have looked at love in many aspects. Walking in love in many aspects. We touched on the command, the call to love, the command to love, the capacity to love. Last week, I started teaching on love, the love work itself. Because that's where the real challenge is. Anybody at all can claim to work in love. But when the test comes, that's when a lot of people fail. And we want to take the acid test for a love work. First Corinthians 13, verse number 1 to 8. And we'll read one after the other. One go. If I speak in tongues of men, good. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom, okay. Okay, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. 
It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is no knowledge, it will pass away. Praise God. Praise God. Out of this text, the great apostle Paul outlines nine things that a love walk should come with. When you say you love somebody, there are nine things and more that we should see that you are doing towards a person. And then when you say you love somebody, there are also seven things according to this scripture that you should not be doing to the person you claim to love. You see? So, that understanding helps us to know that loving somebody means that you are committing to doing certain things for the person. Do you see that? Are you seeing that? There are things you are going to do to prove that you love somebody. And there are things you won't do to also prove that you love somebody. So by whichever way, when you are saying, I love someone, and you are not showing those things, we can say your love is fake. And when you are loving someone, and you are doing certain things that also do not, does not help the relationship, it can also be a clear acid test for us. And Apostle Paul lists nine things. Somebody say nine things. Nine things. The nine are things that represents love. They, they reflect or they represent what love is and what love does. One, he said love is patient. Somebody say love is, love is patient. Love is what? Patient. Love is patient. Ask your neighbor, are you patient? Love is patient. Love is patient. Ask your neighbor, are you patient with your spouse? Are you patient with people? Love is patient. If you don't learn to walk in patience, you will end up being an impatient. Praise God. You will end up being an impatient in a hospital. There are outpatients and there are impatients. Impatients are very, very serious people. It means they need attention and there are people who are spiritually impatient. They have been hospitalized in, spirit, in, in the spirit because they are very impatient. May the Lord give you patience. Amen. Then, of course, number two, love is kind. Somebody say love is kind. Love is kind. Uh-huh. So when we say we love one another, it means you are going to be kind one to another. When you speak to me, your words must be kind. When I speak to you, my words must be kind. I can't just speak to you anyhow. And you can't just speak to me anyhow. When you claim you love me. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Or number three, love does not bear record of wrong. Somebody say love is forgiven. Say love is forgiven. A lot of relationships are messy because of this thing called unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. One of the sin a lot of Christians commit very often is the sin of unforgiveness. Fornication is not very common as much as unforgiveness. But let somebody fornicate here now. The way people look at the person. But the unforgiveness in the heart of people is heavy. 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 Praise God. 
Number four. Love is honest. Love is what? Love is truthful. When love tells you this is white, it's white. When love says this is it, you can be sure that is it. Amen? Amen. May you be truthful. May you be truthful. Don't tell your wife, I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm going for a birthday this and there. You are somewhere with a woman. That's not truthfulness. That's not truthfulness. There are some people that can be sitting in VIP bars. They say, I'm I'm at the airport. (laughs) He can borrow somebody's car for a trip. He says, this car, I just bought it. You can see. "Hmm?" That's not truthfulness. And when they have graduated, being honest, dishonest and untruthful to men, they bring it to God. They bring 5% and they say it's tight. When tight is 10%, may the Lord give you fruitfulness. May you become honest in the mighty name of Jesus. Love protects. Somebody say love protects. Love is protective. Love protects. Anybody you love, you seek to protect the person. When we are in love, we protect one another. We protect. We protect. When you are in love, you learn to protect. If you love this church, you will seek to protect the church. Am I complicating here? Yeah, there are things you won't say. There are things you won't do that can destroy the church. You won't do it if you love the church. The same way, if you love the people you are in a relationship with, you always do things that will protect their interests. There are some men, they don't protect their relationship at all. Praise God. Yeah, you have to learn to protect your relationship. You have to learn to protect your relationship. When you are married, you have to learn to protect your relationship. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You can't relate to every girl the same way. Praise God. The day you say you are married, it means you are going to treat one particular woman special and in a unique way, more than the way you treat any other person. The moment you begin to renege on that, it means that you are not understanding what you are doing. Praise God. Of course, love is trusting. Somebody say love is trusting. Love is not suspicious. He drops his phone, you pick it up. Who is this girl? (laughs) You disturb your heart. Praise God. You disturb your heart. You disturb your heart. You disturb your heart. There are some people, almost every week, there is a confusion, an argument over a person that is being called. Somebody called, you are checking messages every now and then. And man, if you also don't have anything to hide, why are you putting passwords everywhere? Why are you putting passwords everywhere? You want, ah, just trust me. How do we trust you blindly like that? Take the password off. Let's see what is in there. Then we can trust you. Am I communicating here? So listen, the woman must learn to trust. The man must learn to trust. And you must also be trustworthy. When we are talking one hour, you have lied five times. Then I say, I should trust you. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Love is hopeful. Somebody say, love is hopeful. Love is hopeful. There are a lot of people who give up hope quickly. Love is hopeful. Love always hopes for the best. Love always believes that something can be done. Something positive will come out of a worse situation. Love is hopeful. And then love is enduring. Somebody say love is enduring. Love is 
Now, when we say something is enduring, we are saying that the thing can bear with something unpleasant for a long time. For a long time, that's it. For a long time. A lot of us cannot forbear with a lot of things for a long time. Unpleasant circumstance. When you are in a marriage, and for some time it looks like jobs are not working, your husband's, your husband is challenged, and finances are not good, then you are given an ultimatum. If by the end of this month you don't face this in, I'm out. That's not an enduring love. That's not an enduring love. Am I communicating here? That's not an enduring love. The love that issues ultimatum is not an enduring love. Praise God. Love is unfailing. Love is what? Agape is unfailing. Now, seven things love is not. Seven things love is not. One, love is not envious. Somebody say love is not envious. Say love is not envious. Love is not envious. Number two, love is not boastful. Somebody say it's not boastful. Say that love, love is not boastful. Number three, love is not proud. Love is not proud. You saw the drama. You saw how the lady was. Uh, maybe after this, that's where we will go to. Love is not proud. Either love is not proud or love is not rude. One of them, because I, I, the way it's going, I perceive I can just do two and I switch into something else. Praise God. Love is not proud. Proud does not know age. Praise God. You can be young and proud. You can be old and very proud. You can be poor and proud. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are are poor people who are very proud. Some people are just too proud. And as a pastor, I've seen a few of them. I'm telling you. Proud. You can see that this is wrong. And the person should just say sorry. So sad. There are two people. Let me just <laughs> praise God. Proud. Love is not proud. Love is not what? Love is not proud. A woman who cannot say sorry to her husband. A husband who cannot say sorry to her, her, his wife. That is pride. There are symptoms of pride. Pride is usually not in the things we see. Praise God. It's usually not in the things we see. Yeah, it's not. Somebody wears something and they look at his dress and say he's proud. He walks some way. I remember when I was in school and I, I, was, I used to walk some way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, demonstration. I, I honestly don't remember. Even now, the way I walk. Yeah. Yeah. But humility is not in walk. Somebody can be walking like this. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, love is not proud. And then love is not rude. Love is not what? Rude. Love is not. Somebody can be rude. Quite recently, somebody was very rude and was bragging about it to another person. I was very rude. (laughs) Exhibited rudeness, and you are that is rude and pride put together. (laughs) Yeah. 
Love is not selfish. Somebody says it's not selfish. Love is not selfish. Love shares. Love gives. Love shares. Love gives. Love shares. Love gives. Love shares. Love gives. Praise God. Yeah. Love is not selfish. And woman, if you are going to fall for any man, that is what you used to check. I'm telling you, there are some people, certain people, you will not have married them if you check this thing well. Yeah, check this thing well. I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling you. But now it's too late. You are there. Uh -huh. So learn to endure it. Love is enduring. <laughs> learn to endure it. It's too late. It's too late. Praise God. But when you check it well, you see Love is not selfish. And love is not temperamental. Temperamental. The least thing you are angry. And when you get angry, two formers come to your house. No, no, no. That kind of anger there. When you get angry, all kinds of confusion. You will die one of these days. Oh. Yeah, you just die. Pa. Yeah. Because your temper. It's not good. Praise God. The Bible said, a, a, a fool is always angry. Soon angry. Soon angry. There are things that when you take time and you think about, the anger will go. By itself, and nobody will need to apologize to you. Praise God. But sometimes you just hear, no. Ha! Me know what? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are boiling, 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 boiling. By the time you realize you said things that are not worthy to be said. Love is not temperamental. And then love is not sinful. Love is not what? <laughs> love is not sinful. There are people who think that when you love somebody, you continue to offend the person and the person should continue to forgive you. That's abuse of love. Love is not sinful. Love is not sinful. It does not rejoice in the wrong thing. You do the wrong thing, your attention is brought. You admit it and you are quick to make peace. You don't continue in the thing with a negative attitude. That's not love. That's not love. Now, we started looking at love is not envious. That's the one we are on now. Somebody say love is not envious. Love is not envious. Say love is not envious. Love is not envious. Envy, 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 envy. That four letter word is a very dangerous word. Love is not envious. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12 verse 26 verse 12 to 17. There was a famine in the land. Please read this closely with me. Follow it closely because that's basically what we would uh, use for. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerah. Verse 2. So there was a famine in the land. Somebody said there was a famine in the land. The in the land. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell thee. Verse 3. Then he says, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now go to verse 12. So there's a famine in the land, the whole land of Gerah. Philistine land, famine everywhere. Anywhere you go, the weather is hard. There's no breakthrough. People are not getting food to eat, all kinds of things. Then Isaac wants to move from the land. And God tells him, Isaac, stay here. When you stay here, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you. And things will be fine. 
Then Isaac stayed. The Bible said, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Like he said, verse 13. Then the man began to prosper and continuing prospering until he became very what? Prosperous. Okay. For he had possessions of logs and possessions of heads and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. This is a very serious thing. And it did not just happen in Bible days. It's happening now. It's happening now. Happening now. Sometimes you go to families. Almost everybody there is broke. But the one who is very, very wealthy, that is the one that people are after. Witches who go after him and kill him quickly. All kinds of things are being said about such people. Africa in particular, no. For you to rise, we must all be on the ground. No, 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 no. That's what he said. They envied him. They didn't just stop there. Verse 15. He says, what did they do? Now the Philistine has stopped all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. For you are mightier than we are. Go to verse 17. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and dwelt there. Now look, when Isaac, the, the, the challenge with envy is that the person you envy, that you are envying the person will not stop the progress of the person. When you are envious at the person, the more you are envious, the more they seem to be progressing. You will die. You see, it's wisdom to join people you can't stop. It's wisdom to join people you can't stop. If you don't have a car and somebody has a car, why gossip about the person? Why don't you befriend him? He will give you a lift. At least you will move from taxis and trotters and you'll be in a lift. But you are creating confusion all over the place. Saying all kinds of things. Listen, by crowing a be right here. The Bible said they sat Isaac. Now listen, this is a very, very serious thing, and it's happening everywhere. The, the only person there's farming everywhere. It is in Isaac's house, there is food. It's in Isaac's house, there's water. So if not for envy, everybody should come to Isaac. Isaac, how did you make it? Help us so that we can all survive. But you come up against him and you sack him from the place. As if his blessing is tied to the place. What they didn't know that the blessing of God does not rest in the place. It rests on the person. When God blesses a person, anywhere the person goes, the blessing goes there. Am I communicating? That, that's what, that's what, that's, that, when you understand this, you will want to identify with blessed people. This is a country that destroys blessed people. When somebody is doing well, we don't like it. After Isaac dug again the wells of the water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Verse 8, 19. He says, And also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. So when they stopped this one, everywhere he went, he found well. 
They came and fought with him. Go. Verse 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the headsmen of Gera quarreled with Isaac's headsmen, saying, The water is ours. They sacked him. He went. Now, <laughs> so he called the name of the well Isaac because they quarreled with him. Now go to verse 21. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that well also. So he called his name Sitna. Now go to verse 22. And I, that, that is to be a word of advice for somebody who thinks that because of envy you should abandon what God has committed into your hands. Wow. There are people who abandon posts because of envy. Praise God. Hallelujah. He moved from there and another, that another well. And that one, there was no quarrel over that. So he called his name Rehoboth because for now the Lord has made room for me and we shall be fruitful in the land. Amen. May the Lord help you Amen. to deal with envy Amen. from your heart and from your life. So I said this teaching is targeted in two ways. One, if you are envious, you, you are envious and you are manifesting it. It will help you to know that the people you are envying, they are not the reason for your failure. So you can stop it in your best interest. If you are also the target of envy, there is a way you have to manage your life so that they don't kill you before your time. In the first service, I said that people die in two ways. People die because God called them. People also die because they kill themselves. And they kill themselves usually in two ways, either foolishly or by wickedness. Praise God. Yeah. Some people die because it's their time to die. Some people also die because they were not mindful of envious people around them. So they killed them. Praise God. Cain and Abel, when he saw that his brother's gift had been accepted, his own has been refused. The brother eyed him. He must have demonstrated certain things to let him know that he's envious. Listen, envy will always manifest itself. When we were talking about it earlier. And so, I'll be showing you next week, hopefully, how to detect envy or envious person. One, when all those characteristics, some of them may be about you if you're envious. Amen? Amen. If you are also not envious, you have to still learn it in a way so that when somebody's begin to manifest that, you will know, yeah, it's one of them. Praise God. Because sometimes we throw parties for our enemies. Yeah. It throw parties. Throw parties. People you should not seek to befriend are the people you are trying to win as friends. Let me tell you. You see, friendship is a choice. Love is a command. Do you understand what I'm saying? Friendship is a choice. Love is a command. Now, for love, you are to love everybody. But you are not to befriend everybody. There are some people, if you befriend them, your doomsday is very close. Praise God. Very dangerous people. Very dangerous people. Very dangerous people. And I pray that in the one of such people around you whom you don't know, may the Lord help you. Amen. I said, may the Lord help you. Amen. And by next week, I'm sure some of the signs will be clear. And in that service, I, will, I also hope to finish up how to deal with it, whether it's coming from you or coming from someone else. So, last week we started, we talked about what envy is. Envy is, you have something I like, and because I don't like it, it is not nice. Get up. This is your jacket. It's a nice jacket. But, Osha, na enyefe. 
But Mimi said, yeah, that's envy. Amen? Yeah, that's envy. Envy says that what, what is good on me is bad on you. Yeah, that's what envy is. Envy. Envy. Envy is when you are not happy to hear that somebody is progressing. The moment you hear that, oh, Charlie, the guy is building his second house. Oh, ah, Charlie, you see, it's envy, 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 envy. How can this small girl be driving that kind of car? Can they say, Mama, he's just after men like that? Hey, where did you see her? Where did you meet him? Praise God. What kind of wah? Envy. Envy. Amen. Eight important facts about envy. Eight important facts about envy. These are facts you must know and then work with. One, the, fact, the first fact is that envy is deadly and destructive. Somebody say envy is deadly, envy is deadly. and destructive. destructive. You see, envy is deadly. It can, it can kill, it can destroy. The reason why Cain killed Abel was because he was envious. The reason why Esau was looking for uh, his brother Jacob to kill him was because he was envious. The reason why the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them came together. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were different sects. They had different beliefs. But when it came to the issue of Christ, they all came together for once. They agreed because they were all envious. Our target is to destroy this man. Let us kill him by all means. Let's put away our differences and make sure that this one person is destroyed. That's envy. That's what they killed him. That's what they killed him. Envy is deadly. Look at what the Bible says. Wrath is cruel. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. Proverbs 27, 4. Wrath is cruel. Somebody say, wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Don't try it. You see, when I read the story of Jesus, eh, if anybody wants to live long, you must and die at your time. You have to read the Gospels and see how Jesus conducted himself. Jesus could not be killed before his time. Do you know Jesus was not killed? He actually surrendered. When he came, when they came for him, Peter pulled up his sword and cut off one person's... This, I mean, somebody who could pick up the ear that was on the ground and fix it back. You think he could not do this and all of them will be blinded. If, now listen, even Elisha, the other day, when men have been sent to go and bring him, he said, if I be a prophet of God, blindness reach out to you. And Elisha, who was a prophet, he was not the son of God. Blindness came immediately. How much more Jesus Christ? That one, he would just blow air. <laughs> the air will become chloroform. All of them will die or will go there. Like they will sleep, heavy sleep. Then you will walk. She yeah. understands. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. His hour had come. His 
But before his hour came, hey, Jesus knew the people who didn't like him. But he never prayed against them. That's why I'm telling you that the solution to dealing with your enemies is not praying against them. Let them die by fire. No. They don't, nobody needs to die by fire. No, no, no. Nobody needs to die by fire. They can die by tender. It's not your choice. It's not. I don't decide how you die. I don't want to die by fire. Praise God. Why pray? The only time Jesus said we should pray about our enemies, he said we should pray for them. Is that not what he said? Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. I'm the one who is answering the prayer. You pray for them. Pray that they prosper. I will know what to do with it. Tell me that as you increase them, I will know what to do with it. Because I know their heart is wicked. When you tell me they should prosper, I will push them down. Praise God. I'm the one who answers the prayer. I'm telling you, do it this way. And then I will answer. Then you have decided, no. God, you are not wise. How can you say I should be praying for this person? This is how I will deal with it. That's why their, their matter is still a matter of. If you rightly, the Bible said, casting all your cares upon the Lord, for he cared for you. But you are carrying the thing. Moving from prayer camp to prayer camp. You anoint them, you fry them with oil, you all of them, and still they are around. I told you last week, nobody needs to die for you to rise. The only person who needed to die has already died and is resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's all. Do what God says you, you should do. And then the rest will follow. The reason why we are struggling is because we don't want to do what God says we should do. We want to do what we feel like doing. That's why you are troubled. That's why you are troubled. Somebody say, anger, uh, envy, is envy is deadly. Say, envy is deadly. That's why you need to see it. Because if you don't detect people who are envious towards you, I'm going to call lunch. Yeah, you'll come back. You'll go with them and you'll die. Let's go for lunch. Like a Nigerian movie. This one will be a reality part. Shall not be your testimony. It shall not be your testimony. It started from heaven. I told you last week. Envy. The origin of sin is actually envy. The more I study on it, the more I become. That's where sin started. Because what made Satan Satan is envy. He looked at God. Give me Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Let's start from verse 1. Verse 1. For the Lord will have mercy on, let's read it together, one go. Continue. No, come, 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 come to Ezekiel. Rather, Ezekiel will help us better. Ezekiel chapter twenty. Uh, Ezekiel twenty-eight. Ezekiel twenty-eight. First number one. Oh. No, let's start from verse thirteen. Verse 13. Good. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Now this, this is a prophetic uh, scripture about Lucifer before he became Satan. He's describing who Lucifer was like. He says, every precious stone was thy covering. The saddest, the toughest, the belt, the ons, the jasper, the all the stones were there. 
He said, all thy pipes, the workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that was created. Now go to verse 14. No creature has been ever been created as gifted as Satan was. Look, verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up, up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15. <laughs> thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Now, he says, by the multitude of thy merchandise, what iniquity was found in Satan? The iniquity of envy. God created him. All the angels, everybody had his role, but Satan was unique in his creature. Praise God. But he said, no. Where I'm seated, I don't like it. I must sit where God sits. God says, Satan, you, you, your day has come. When you see someone is envious around you, love him from afar. Love him from where? Afar. Don't bring an envious person to your home and show him everything you have. Somebody did that in the Bible. When he finished, they went and organized troops and they came and destroyed them. Brought him to his inner chamber. Let me tell you. Not, it's not anybody you welcome home. You take your car. You drive around. Take for lunch. Listen. The heart of man is wicked and deceitful. You need to know it. And then be discerning. Am I communicating here? Very important. Love people. Love people. Love people. But don't go to bed with envious people. Don't dine with envious people. They are deadly. Envy is deadly. Somebody say it's deadly. The temptation to envy is real and very common. Number two, the temptation to envy, envious. Number two, the temptation to envy. Somebody say the temptation to envy. Is very real and very common. Look, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 10 verse 13. The Bible says, there is no temptation that is taking you except that which is common to man. There are temptations that are common. You see, you will be tempted to be envious, but you choose whether you fall into the temptation or not. To be tempted to be envious is not bad, but to fall into the temptation is wrong. Amen? Yeah. yeah. And I'll be showing us next week how to deal with that temptation. When you feel you are, you, are, you are feeling jealous about a person, how to deal with that feeling? Because that feeling is not godly. Amen? Yeah, it's not godly. Temptation to be envious is very, very clear. There. Sometimes it comes from your own desires. You want what the person has. So you, sometimes too, it, it's because of what other people are saying. People. I mean, Saul went to war. When he came back, they said, Saul has killed 1,000. First Samuel chapter 18. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 6 to 9. And as they were returning home, when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the Israelite towns, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with timbrels, songs of joy, and instruments of music. Verse 7. And the women responded as they laughed and frolic, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Just this. When they begin to compare you with your somebody who is under you, you send somebody to represent your firm, somebody who is your employee. Others are saying, ah, this guy is better. He can better manage the organization than you. Why should you be envious? 
Once you are the one who appointed the person, that is why I appointed him. Simple. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The person says, ah, this guy is a very smart guy. I think he's, 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 a, very, he's, a, he's a better manager of the... Who appointed him to be there? I'm the one who appointed him. So if he's smarter, I must be smarter by knowing, identifying, and appointing him. That should not make you envious. That should not. Saul has slain his thousands and ten thousands. Verse 8. That's it. Saul was very angry for the saying displeased him. And he said, this is for next week. <laughs> they have ascribed to David ten thousand. But to me, have ascribed only ten thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? We? Yeah. But the kingdom. Meanwhile, David's mind was not there at all. When David was going for the war, do you remember what he said? He said, is there not a cause? What was the cause? The God of the armies of Israel have been defied. He said, this, is it not an uncircumcised Philistine who has defied the God of Israel? The reason why David's motivation for going for the war was not for Saul's throne. It was for in defense of the name of God. But when you are envious, your envy can so blind you that you can't see, you can't tell reality from what is fake. Can somebody give me an Amen. Then the Bible says, Saul jealously eyed David from that day forward. Do you know that David lived and died at his time that he was supposed to die? Saul actually died prematurely. But David died in spite of the fact that Saul eyed him. Anybody who envies you can potentially kill you. That's why I'm telling you that you have to be very careful about envious people. Anybody who envies you can potentially kill you. But you will survive. I said you will survive. Amen. The world cannot be devoid of envy. But you have to live above envy. You must not be envious. And you must be able to move on and fulfill your days without it being cast short by envious people. Praise God. Amen. Number three, we said the proclivity to envy is usually very high and very common among your peers or people who share same or similar background. Children from the same family can envy one another. People who work in the same office can every one another. But it's also possible that sometimes people who are even in higher position can envy people who are low. Like we saw, David was a, a little shepherd boy, 17-year-old boy. Saul was a, a soldier, an army officer. He was envying a little boy. There are some bosses, eh? they, they are so envious that a position it took them 10 years to attain. When they see that you are coming and by some means, supernatural means, you are getting there faster than they took. They say it took us 15 years. You want to become so uh, so and so in the, not under my watch. All of such people, God will deal with them Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Because see, promotion coming not from the east nor the west. God is the judge. Amen. Your own, it took 10 years. But who cares if God has decided that His own should take five years? Can you affect that? Can you say that no? The Bible says, who is he that said and come to pass when the Lord has not commanded it not? Praise God. People, but the common temptation is among people of the same background. We are all engineers. We are all, uh, we are selling tomatoes. And your shop, when you open, it's as if uh, KVIP is nearby. Nobody comes here. But this one, a man for Obie shop, and a man for Obie People are walking in and out, walking in and out. By the time you realize, eh, you are looking for some malam somewhere. Praise God. You become envious. 
Number four. Number four. Thank you, Spirit of God. Number four. Number four. Envy is a manifestation of earthly, sensual, devilish, or demonic wisdom. Somebody say demonic wisdom. Demonic. You see, anywhere you see people manifesting envy, eh? it is out of demonic wisdom. Envy is not of God. James chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. But if you have bitter envy and strive in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, somebody said this wisdom. What wisdom? The wisdom that wants to make you destroy somebody who is doing well, like they did to Jacob, uh, uh, Isaac. That wisdom is not from above. He says that wisdom is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Somebody say earthly, earthly. sensual. And devilish. Yes. Say earthly, yes. sensual, yes. and devilish. Yes. When the wisdom of God is at work in you, you don't envy. you look at the greater good. We are in a family of five. You are you are the richest amongst us. We are looking at at least, even if I don't have it and you have it, you are still a member of our family. So at least. For in order for us not to be seen as a family or purpose, you should be around. So we'll make sure that you remain rich. Am I communicating? We will, not, we will not destroy you so that we, because when we destroy you, what do we get? But envious people want to destroy you even if they don't get one. They want to get what you have got. If they can't get it, lose it and be like them. Let me tell you, anybody you envy, even if they lose what they have, they will never become like you. They will never be like you. Never. Even if they lose what, what you want them to have, they will still have something else you want to envy. Because whatever they have was not given to them by man. It was given to them by God. And whatsoever the Lord will, it shall be forever. Amen. Number five. Five. Envy originates from the heart. And this is where we need to be careful. It originates from where? From the heart. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 45. Acts chapter 13 verse 45. When the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. Filled where? With envy. They were filled. Where were they filled? In their hearts. The envy was in their They were filled with envy. Paul came to preach and everybody was there. A lot of people. Some were sitting on roof top and love is not suspicious. He drops his phone, you pick it up. Who is this here? <laughs> you disturb your heart. Praise God. You disturb your heart. You disturb your heart. You disturb your heart. There are some people, almost every week, there is a confusion, an argument over a person that is being called. Somebody called, you are checking messages every now and then. And man, if you also don't have anything to hide, why are you putting passwords everywhere? Yeah. Why are you putting passwords everywhere? You want, ah, just trust me. How do we trust you blindly like that? Take the password off. Let's see what is in there. Then we can trust you. Am I communicating here? So listen, the woman must learn to trust. The man must learn to trust. And you must also be trustworthy. When we are talking one hour, you have lied five times. Then I say, I should trust you. It doesn't work like that. 
Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Love is hopeful. Somebody say love is hopeful. Love is hopeful. There are a lot of people who give up hope quickly. Love is hopeful. Love always hopes for the best. Love always believes that something can be done. Something positive will come out of a worse situation. Love is hopeful. And then love is enduring. Somebody say love is enduring. Now, when we say something is enduring, we are saying that the thing can bear with something unpleasant for a long time. For a long time, that's it. For a long time. A lot of us cannot forbear with a lot of things for a long time. Unpleasant circumstance. When you are in a marriage and for some time it looks like jobs are not working, your husband's, your husband is challenged and finances are not good, then you are giving an ultimatum. If by the end of this month you don't face this in, I'm out. That's not an enduring love. That's not an enduring love. Am I communicating here? That's not an enduring love. The love that issues ultimatum is not an enduring love. Praise God. Love is unfailing. Love is what? Agape is unfailing. Now, seven things love is not. Seven things love is not. One, love is not envious. Somebody say love is not envious. Say love is not envious. Love is not envious. Number two, love is not boastful. Somebody say it's not boastful. Say that love, love is not boastful. Number three, love is not proud. Love is not proud. You saw the drama. You saw how the lady was. Uh, maybe after this, that's where we will go to. Love is not proud. Either love is not proud or love is not rude. One of them, because I, I, the way it's going, I perceive I can just do two and I switch into something else. Praise God. Love is not proud. Proud. Proud does not know age Praise God. You can be young and proud. You can be old and very proud. You can be poor and proud. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are are poor people who are very proud. And and because, you see, because, you see, now, listen, and the reason why it's like that is because we are generally raised in a culture of timidity and fear. So we are not expressive. So the moment you are able to express yourself, articulate your views, people conclude you and put in a bracket a quaway where you're there. Maybe someday we will get to look at it. If we don't look at it next week, we'll get to look at it. Love is not proud. Somebody say love is not proud. Love is not proud. Some people are just too proud. And as a pastor, I've seen a few of them. I'm telling you, proud. You can see that this is wrong. And the person should just say sorry. You see, we a name in the TV of your own team can sorry. So sad. There are two people. Let me just say. <laughs> Praise God. Proud. Love is not proud. Love is not what? Love is not proud. A woman who cannot say sorry to her husband. A husband who cannot say sorry to his wife. That is pride. Pride. There are symptoms of pride. Pride is usually not in the things we see. Praise God. It's usually not in the things we see. Yeah, it's not. Somebody wears something and they look at his dress and say he's proud. He walks some way. I remember when I was in school, 
And uh, I was, I used to walk some way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, demonstration, I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Even now, the way I walk. Yeah. yeah. But humility is not a walk. Somebody can be walking like this. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, love is not proud. And then love is not rude. Love is not what? Rude. Love is not. Somebody can be rude. Quite recently, somebody was very rude and was bragging about it to another person. I was very rude. exhibited rudeness and you are that is rude and pride put together yeah praise god love is not self selfish somebody says it's not selfish love is not selfish love shares love gives love shares love gives love shares love gives love shares love gives praise god yeah love is not selfish and woman, if you are going to fall for any man, that is what you use to check. Okay. I'm telling you, there are some people, certain people, you will not have married them if you check this thing well. Uh, yeah, check this thing well. I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling you. But now it's too late. You are there. Uh-huh. So learn to endure it. Love is enduring. <laughs> learn to endure it. It's too late. It's too late. Praise God. But when you check it well, you see. see, Love is not selfish. And love is not temperamental. Temperamental. The least thing you are angry. And when you get angry, two formers come to your house. No, no, no. That kind of anger there. When you get angry, all kinds of confusion. You will die one of these days. Yeah, you just die. Yeah. Because your temper, it's not good. Praise God. The Bible said, a, a, a fool, soon angry. Soon angry. There are things that when you take time and you think about, the anger will go by itself. And nobody will need to apologize to you. Praise God. But sometimes you just hear, no. Hey, me know what? Ay, 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 ay. You are boiling, 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 boiling. By the time you realize you've said things that are not worthy to be said. Love is not temperamental. And then love is not sinful. Love is not what? <laughs> love is not sinful. There are people who think that when you love somebody, you continue to offend the person and the person should continue to forgive you. That's abuse of love. Love is not sinful. Love is not sinful. It does not rejoice in the wrong thing. You do the wrong thing, your attention is brought. You admit it and you are quick to make peace. You don't continue in the thing with a negative attitude. That's not love. That's not love. Now, we started looking at love is not envious. That's the one we are on now. Somebody say love is not envious. Say love is not envious. Envy, 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 envy. That four letter word is a very dangerous word. Love is not envious. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 26, verse 12 to 17. There was a famine in the land. Please read this 
closely with me. Follow it closely because that's basically what we would uh, use for. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerah. Verse 2. So there was a famine in the land. Somebody said there was a famine in the land. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell thee. Verse 3. Then he says, Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now go to verse 12. So there's a famine in the land, the whole land of Gerah. Philistine land. Famine everywhere. Anywhere you go, the weather is hard. There's no breakthrough. People are not getting food to eat, all kinds of things. Then Isaac wants to move from the land. And God tells him, Isaac, stay here. When you stay here, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you and things will be fine. Then Isaac stayed. The Bible said, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Like he said, verse 13. Then the man began to prosper and continuing prospering until he became very what? Prosperous. Okay. For he had possessions of logs and possessions of heads and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. This is a very serious thing. And it did not just happen in Bible days. It's happening now. It's happening now. Happening now. Sometimes you go to families. Almost everybody there is broke. But the one who is very, very wealthy. That is the one that people are after. Witches who go after him and kill him quickly. All kinds of things are being said about such people. Africa in particular, no. For you to rise, we must all be on the ground. No, 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 no. That's what he said. They envied him. They didn't just stop there. Verse 15. He says, what did they do? Now the Philistine has stopped all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. For you are mightier than we are. Go to verse 17. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and dwelt there. Now look, when Isaac, the, the, the challenge with envy is that the person you envy, eh, that you are envying the person will not stop the progress of the person. When you are envious at the person, the more you are envious, the more they seem to be progressing. You will die. You see, it's wisdom to join people you can't stop. It's wisdom to join people you can't stop. If you don't have a car and somebody has a car, why gossip about the person? Why don't you befriend him? He will give you lift. At least you will move from taxis and trotters and you will be in a lift. But you are creating confusion all over the place. Saying all kinds of things. Listen, by crying, you'll be right here. <laughs> the Bible said they sat Isaac. Now, listen, this is a very, very serious thing, and it's happening everywhere. The, the only person there's farming everywhere. It is in Isaac's house, there is food, it's in Isaac's house, there's water. So, if not for envy, everybody should come to Isaac. Isaac, how did you make it? 
help us so that we can all survive. But you come up against him and you suck him from the place as if his blessing is tied to the place. What they didn't know that the blessing of God does not rest in a place, it rests on a person. When God blesses a person, anywhere the person goes, the blessing goes there. Am I communicating? When you understand this, you will want to identify with blessed people. This is a country that destroys blessed people. When somebody is doing well, we don't like it. After Isaac dug again the wells of the water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Verse 8, 19. He says, And also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. So when they stopped this one, everywhere he went, he found well. They came and fought with him. Go. Verse 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the headsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac's headsmen, saying, The water is ours. They sacked him. He went. Now, <laughs> so he called the name of the well Isaac because they quarreled with him. Now go to verse 21. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that well also. So he called the, his name Sitna. Now go to verse 22. And I, that, that is to be a word of advice for somebody who thinks that because of envy you should abandon what God has committed into your hands. There are people who are bonding posts because of envy. Praise God. He moved from there and another another well. And that one, there was no quarrel over that. So he called his name Rehobo because for now the Lord has made room for me and we shall be fruitful in the land. May the Lord help you to deal with envy from your heart and from your life. So I said this teaching is targeted in two ways. One, if you are envious, you, you are envious and you are manifesting it, it will help you to know that the people you are envying, they are not the reason for your failure. So you can stop it in your best interest. If you are also the target of envy, there is a way you have to manage your life so that they don't kill you before your time. In the first service, I said that people die in two ways. People die because God called them. People also die because they kill themselves. And they kill themselves usually in two ways. Either foolishly or by wickedness. Praise God. Yeah. Some people die because it's their time to die. Some people also die because they were not mindful of envious people around them. So they killed them. Praise God. Cain and Abel. When he saw that his brother's gift had been accepted, his own has been refused. The brother eyed him. He must have demonstrated certain things to let him know that he is envious. Listen, envy will always manifest itself. When we're talking about it earlier. And so, I'll be showing you next week, hopefully, how to detect envy or envious person. One, when all those characteristics, some of them may be about you if you're envious. Amen. If you are also not envious, you have to still learn it in a way. So that when somebody begins to manifest that, you will know, yeah, it's one of them. Praise God. Because sometimes we throw parties for our enemies. We throw parties. Throw parties. People you should not seek to befriend are the people you are trying to win as friends. Let me tell you. You see? Friendship is a choice. Love is a command. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Friendship is a choice. Love is a command. Now, for love, you are to love everybody. But you are not to befriend everybody. There are some people, if you befriend them, your doomsday is very close. Praise God. Very dangerous people. Very dangerous people. Very dangerous people. And I pray that in the one of such people around you whom you don't know, may the Lord help you. Amen. I said, may the Lord help you. Amen. And by next week, I'm sure some of the signs will be clear. And in that service, I also hope to finish up how to deal with it, whether it's coming from you or coming from someone else. So last week we started, we talked about what envy is. Envy is you have something I like and because I don't like it, it is not nice. Get up. This is your jacket. It's a nice jacket. But Osha, na enyefe. Yeah. But Mimi said, yeah, that's envy. Amen? Yeah, that's envy. Envy says that what, what is good on me is bad on you. Yeah, that's what envy is. Envy. Envy. Praise God. Envy is when you are not happy to hear that somebody is progressing. The moment you hear that, oh, Charlie, the guy is building his second house. Ah, Charlie, you see, it's envy. 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 How can this small girl be driving that kind of car? Can they say, Mama, it's just after men are like that. Hey, where did you see her? Where did you meet them? Praise God. What kind of envy. Envy. Amen? Eight important facts about envy. Eight important facts about envy. These are facts you must know and then work with. One, the, fact, the first fact is that envy is deadly and destructive. Somebody say envy is deadly, envy is deadly. and destructive. You see, envy is deadly. It can, it can kill, it can destroy. The reason why Cain killed Abel was because he was envious. The reason why Esau was looking for uh, his brother Jacob to kill him was because he was envious. The reason why the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them came together. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were different sets. They had different beliefs. But when it came to the issue of Christ, they all came together for once. They agreed because they were all envious. Our target is to destroy this man. Let us kill him by all means. Let's put away our differences and make sure that this one person is destroyed. That's envy. That's what they killed him. That's what they killed him. Envy is deadly. Look at what the Bible says. Wrath is cruel. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. Proverbs 27, 4. Wrath is cruel. Somebody say, wrath is cruel. cruel. Anger is outrageous. outrageous. But who is able to stand before Envy. envy? Don't try it. You see, when I read the story of Jesus, eh? if anybody who wants to live long, you must and die at your time. You have to read the Gospels and see how Jesus conducted himself. Jesus could not be killed before his time. 
Do you know Jesus was not killed? He actually surrendered. When he came, when they came for him, Peter pulled up his sword and cut off one person's this. I mean, somebody who could pick up the ear that was on the ground and fix it back. You think he could not do this and all of them will be blinded. If, now listen, even Elisha, the other day, when men have been sent to go and bring him, he said, if I be a prophet of God, blindness reach out to you. And Elisha, who was a prophet, he was not the son of God. Blindness came immediately. How much more Jesus Christ? That one, he would just blow air. The air will become chloroform. All of them will die or will go there. They will sleep, heavy sleep. Then you will walk. She yeah. understand. <laughs> what is that doing there? He didn't do that. He didn't do that. His hour had come. His hour had come. But before his hour came, hey, Jesus knew the people who didn't like him. But he never prayed against them. That's why I'm telling you that the solution to dealing with your enemies is not praying against them. Let them die by fire. No. They don't, nobody needs to die by fire. No, no, no. Nobody needs to die by fire. They can die by thunder. It's not your choice. It's not. I don't decide how you die. I don't want to die by fire. Praise God. Why pray? The only time Jesus said we should pray about our enemies, he said we should pray for them. Is that not what he said? Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. I'm the one who is answering the prayer. You pray for them. Pray that they prosper. I will know what to do with it. Tell me that as you increase them, I will know what to do with it. Because I know their heart is wicked. When you tell me they should prosper, I'll push them down. Praise God. I'm the one who answers the prayer. I'm telling you, do it this way. And then I'll answer. Then you have decided, no. God, you are not wise. How can you say I should be praying for this person? This is how I will deal with it. That's why their, their matter is still a matter if you rightly, the Bible says, casting all your cares upon the Lord, for he cared for you. But you are carrying the thing. Moving from prayer camp to prayer camp. You anoint them, you fry them with oil, you all of them, and still they are wrong. I told you last week, nobody needs to die for you to rise. The only person who needed to die has already died and is resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Do what God says you, you should do and then the rest will follow. The reason why we are struggling is because we don't want to do what God says we should do. We want to do what we feel like doing. That's why you are troubled. That's why you are troubled. Somebody say anger, uh, envy is deadly. Say envy is deadly. That's why you need to see it because if you don't detect people who are envious towards you, I'm going to call lunch. Yeah, you'll come back. You'll go with them and you'll die. Let's go for lunch. Like a Nigerian movie. This one will be a reality part. It shall not be your testimony. It shall not be your testimony. It started from heaven. I told you last week, envy, the origin of sin is actually envy. I'm, I'm, the more I study on it, the more I become, that's where sin started. Because what made Satan, Satan is envy. Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. First, number one. No. Let's start from verse 13. Verse 13. Good. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Now, this this is a prophetic uh, scripture about Lucifer before he became Satan. 
he's describing who Lucifer was like. He says, every precious stone was our covering. The Sardis, the toppest, the belt, the ons, the jasper, the sub. All the stones were there. He said, all thy pipes, the workmanship of thy tablets, and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that was created. Now go to verse 14. No creature has been ever been created as gifted as Satan was. Look, verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up, up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15. <laughs> thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Now, he says, by the multitude of thy merchandise, what iniquity was found in Satan? The iniquity of envy. God created him. All the angels, everybody had his role, but Satan was unique in his creature. Praise God. But he said, no. Where I'm seated, I don't like it. I must sit where God sits. God says, Satan, you, you, your day has come. When you see someone is envious around you, love him from afar. Love him from where? Afar. Don't bring an envious person to your home and show him everything you have. Somebody did that in the Bible. When he finished, they went and organized troops and they came and destroyed them. Brought him to his inner chamber. Let me tell you. Not, it's not anybody you welcome home. You take your car. You drive around. Take for lunch. Listen. The heart of man is wicked and deceitful. You need to know it. And then be discerning. Am I communicating here? Very important. Love people. Love people. Love people. But don't go to bed with envious people. Don't dine with envious people. They are deadly. Envy is deadly. Somebody say it's deadly. The temptation to envy is real and very common. Number two, the temptation to be envious. Number two, the temptation to envy. Somebody say the temptation to envy is very real and very common. Look, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. The Bible says, there is no temptation that is taking you except that which is common to man. There are temptations that are common. You see, you will be tempted to be envious, but you choose whether you fall into the temptation or not. To be tempted to be envious is not bad, but to fall into the temptation is wrong. Amen? Yeah. yeah. And I'll be showing us next week how to deal with that temptation. When you feel you are, you are, you are feeling jealous about a person, how to deal with that feeling? Because that feeling is not godly. Amen? Sometimes it comes from your own desires. You want what the person has. So you, sometimes too, it, it's because of what other people are saying. People. I mean, Saul went to war. When he came back, they said, Saul has killed 1,000. First Samuel chapter 18. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 6 to 9. And as they were returning home, when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the Israelite towns, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with timbrels, songs of joy, and instruments of music. Verse 7. And the women responded as they laughed and frolicked, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousand. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victories. 
success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh.